Hello and welcome to MMA Fight Club. I'm your host, Manuel Galarza. In today's episode, we're going to be breaking down the full card for Bellator 260, which is coming up this Friday, June 11th, with a 9 p.m. Eastern start time. There's 11 bouts here scheduled on this card. It's going to be a showtime event, of course. I'm going to start with the prelims and run our way back all the way up through to the main event. The main event does feature Douglas Lima versus Yaroslav Amazov, so we'll get to that one here last Let's start off with the first fight of the night, at least according to the schedule that we know of now, which is always, you know, subject to be changing. That's Alex Polizzi versus Gustavo Trujillo. I'm going to just tell you right here, didn't spend a lot of time watching this fight or watching their prior fights, and there's not a lot of film out there on these guys. Gustavo is 3-1, the Cuban fighter. Polizzi is 7-1. Now, Polizzi is coming off of a loss, but he is a tough guy has shown a lot of good stuff, you know, real thick, strong dude, um, definitely has a future, I think, in MMA, whereas Gustavo is 3-1, and one, and maybe this sounds like a am painting a, a broad brush over Gustavo, but I'm not a big fan of when I see a fighter with only three or four fights and they already have a loss. You know, usually the fighters that tend to start off 4, 5, 6, 7, and 0, then they drop a loss, okay, those are the ones that tend to have a longer-term future. This guy's already got a loss, 3-1, and one, no offense to Cuba either, but Cuban Cuban fighters are not prominent in MMA. Boxing, yes, but not necessarily in MMA. So just real simple here. I'm on Polizzi. He's minus 290, 29-year-old. Trujillo is 28 years old, so you know age is not a factor. But I think Polizzi, who's 4-1 in his last five fights, has almost double the experience of Gustavo, who's got four, four total fights. I think Polizzi takes care of work here, and so I'm on Polizzi to get the W. Moving on on to uh, Amanda Bell and Marina Makanikina. All right, that's a tough one. So Marina, the Russian fighter, who's 4-2, coming in here against Amanda Bell, who's 7-7. Seven seven. First thing that popped out to me here about Marina is she hasn't fought very much, okay? So you're talking about somebody who hasn't fought in about two years, okay? Don't, don't love that. We do know, of course, COVID. We all understand that. But she hasn't fought in two years. And prior to that, she lost those last two fights, okay? She hasn't won a fight since 2017. If you look at her last fight versus Janae Harding, very underwhelming. Um, you know, she gets tired at times, you know, doesn't have a lot behind her punches. Just a very sloppy effort on her part. I'm not sure if it's attributing to age. You know, she is getting up there in age. You know, she's about to push, what, she's turning uh, 33. So, you know... I mean, Bell's 32, so they're in the same age bracket. I just felt like watching her last fight did not feel good about her gas tank, did not feel good about her effort. Amanda Bell, on the other hand, her last fight, she she fought a very good fighter in Leslie Smith. They went toe-to-toe. Um, I thought at times Amanda showed really good grappling skills to make you know her way out of transitions. At times she made some mistakes, and you know I, I would like to see some improvement on her part. She came into that fight overweight, Amanda Bell did, so also would like to see her be a little more disciplined, make sure she makes the weight for this fight. But in terms of just the overall fighting ability, Amanda Bell's a better fighter than Marina. Um, from top to bottom, she's a better fighter. Marina is 33 years old, and she's 4-2. You know, just like hasn't fought in two years. I think that's pretty clear what's going on. This is maybe her last Bellator fight or two. I don't know, um, but she's... Not an active fighter. She's 33. Not sure what she's planning to do here. Amanda Bell seems like she enjoys fighting. You know, she's 7-7, seven and seven, so doesn't have a great record. I think she comes in here, wins an ugly, boring fight, you know, bangs up Marina a little bit. They go the full distance, and Amanda Bell wins the fight. You know, probably three rounds to nothing. So 
Amanda's a minus 125 favorite here over Marina at 105. But I think, again, if anyone looks closely at Marina and what she's like in her last few fights, and again, those fights were two years ago, she's only older now. Um, I, I, I would feel hard-pressed trying to find any way you could you know, justify putting money here on Marina. She's a 105 dog, so it's not like she's a big dog, not a lot of value there. And one more big point here on Marina. Watching her fight, she has some really low fighter IQ moments, so definitely don't like fighters like that. All right, again, we're on Bell. Let's move on here to the next fight. Lucas Brennan versus Matthew Skibicki. Okay, so this fight here, all right, you know, I mean, it's minus 600 here for Brennan, so I, you don't really have a lot of choices here. Looking at the film, yes, you know, Lucas, he's 4-0, okay, so he's, you know, very young fighter. Matthew's 4-3, right? So they both have the same amount of wins, and Matthew has almost double the amount of fights. Matthew has not looked good recently, so Matthew Skibicki has not looked good, okay? His... Last few fights, he's you know a three fight losing streak, so he's hasn't hasn't had a win since 2018, right? Hasn't had his hand raised in about three years. Not a great look. So I don't think you have to be a rocket scientist here to see what's going on. Okay, Brennan's going to probably starch this guy pretty quickly, but from a betting perspective, I'll tell you, there's nothing you can do here. Um, if you want to start looking at prop bets and Brennan finishes him earlier, whenever those prop bets are available, I guess you can look at it. I have nothing to offer here. We're not going to do any parlays even it's minus 600 there's just no value there and at plus 425 skibiki he has no path to victory so hate to say it but you're probably grabbing your popcorn taking a bathroom break here and coming out in the end of the first round and brendan's winning the fight right one thing about brendan i should state though he is only 20 years old okay so can a 20 year old come in here and make a mistake and you know do something silly and somehow you know maybe get caught with a punch yeah, he's not even a legal adult here in the United States. So he's 20 years old, but Skibiki's only 26, right? So it's, you know, either way, not a car, not a, not a, an event or a fight you could really do much here with. So we're choosing Brennan to win the fight. All right, next fight here is Newell versus King. And man, you know, let me tell you something. If you don't know anything here about this guy, Nick Newell, dude has like one, like one arm. And I'm not kidding. Uh, he like he right below his elbow on his um his left arm yeah his left arm there's nothing there he was born with a condition uh which obviously didn't allow him to have the lower part of his arm dude is tough man you know he's he's two and two in his last four fights he submitted two people in the first round of his last four fights he has two first round submissions you just think about it dude's got one arm right so it's amazing he's a heck of a fighter he's I think he represents represents a lot of great things for people out there. If anyone out there who is disabled, who knows someone who's physically disabled, man, he's an inspiration. He's out there fighting people with two hands, four, you know, two legs and everything and holding his own, doing a great job. So big shout out here to Newell. He's a minus 190 favorite coming to this fight, 35-year-old. So he's favored here to beat Bobby King. Um, but as much as I just pumped up, Nick Newell. I am on Bobby King. I think this is the this is the first dog of the night that I'm going to press here. He's plus 165. They're both in the same age bracket. Newell's 35. King is 37. I like what I saw from King recently. He's coming in here 4-1. and one. He's only 9-3 and three total in his career. So Nick has a little more experience at 16-3. and three, But without sounding like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want this to count, come out the wrong way. It's tough for someone to fight in there with one hand. You know, and Nick has made a career of it. It's amazing. Had like over 300 college and high school combined victories in wrestling. I mean, 
you know, the dude's just he's he's just an overall uh, amazing 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 athlete. And I give him a lot of credit, but I think it gets tougher here. I think King has just enough. He knows a little bit about, you know, what he's doing in the ring. He's 9 and 3. You know, he is 37, so 9 and 3 are like, what have you been doing? Are you going to have a career or not because obviously he's going to age out here soon. But either way, I think King here as a plus 165 is a nice dog. Even if it's a close fight, I think, again, just having the slight physical advantage of having the second hand from a grappling standpoint, whatever else, would just be enough. But, hey, if Newell gets the win, man, God bless this guy. Just, again, a lot of inspiration from this, this gentleman right here. All right, we're on King for that fight. Let's move on here to the next fight on the card, which is Taiwan Claxton versus Justin Gonzalez. And another dog here, all right? Gonzalez is a slight dog right now at plus 110, and we are on him to win this fight over Claxton, who's minus 130. Didn't find a lot of film on these guys, okay? So I couldn't really break down the film the way I wanted to. But, you know, looking at Gonzalez, he's 11-0. He's obviously coming in here on a nice winning streak. Claxton is 6-2 overall, but 3-2 in his last five fights. So, you know, kind of slowing down a little bit. He's 28 years old. Gonzalez is 30 years old. I'm a little surprised at the line. I, I don't know what Claxton has done in his recent history that would – make you want to put him as a favorite okay now he's 28 Gonzalez is 30 so you know the age is not a factor um you know th this guy Claxton's a former college wrestler um you know he doesn't have any significant wins in his on his record here he's lost two of his last three fights you know I, I think if you just look at the momentum one guy's coming in 11 fight winning streak another guy has lost two of his last three fights you know so just don't make this complicated for yourself. You've got a nice plus 110 here situation with Gonzalez. Um, I can see a scenario where you might want to just parlay some dogs to have some fun with this card. You parlay King and Gonzalez. So, But either way, period, I'm, I'm on Gonzalez. I think Gonzalez wins this fight straight up. I think he keeps the momentum going. I think he keeps the winning streak going. And I think he sends Claxton to have three losses in his last four fights and you know has to maybe readjust what he's doing. All right, let's move on to the last fight on the preliminary uh, preliminary schedule here for Bellator 260. And the last fight in the prelims is Kyle Kruchmer versus Levin Chokeli. Now, that name, first of all, Levon or Levin Chokeli. Chokeli, however you want to pronounce it. But he has the pronunciation of choke <laughs> in his last name. Got to give this guy a shout-out, man. Maybe one of the best names in MMA. Levin Chokeli. So I'm on Chokeli. I think Chakelli wins this fight. He's minus 195, favorite over Kyle Crutchmer. You know, I'll tell you, at 9-0, again, he hasn't fought a ton of people. I'm going to tell you exactly why I like him, though. He's a Georgian, okay? The same way we're feeding Asian fighters recently because we're not sure if these Asian fighters can, I don't know, maybe they just need some time. The Georgian fighters are skyrocketing right now, okay? Their stock is flying up. Seems like a prototypical Georgian, uh, 9-0. No reason to believe he can't come in here and and starch Kyle Crutchmer. I watched Kyle fight, okay, and I'm not I'm not here to to to, to rag on Kyle. He he seems like a, a a very tough fighter. You know, he's got a good balanced game. You know, he can throw punches. He can throw some nice heavy kicks. You know, um, just a good just a tough dude, tough dude. You know, but at the end of the day, he's a little little slow at times. Okay, so he's not like a fast striker. He's a little slow. Um, Chokeli's a pretty quick guy. He's pretty athletic. He's going to get look to take Kyle to the ground. Um, and so, yeah, I think unfortunately for Kyle, who's coming in here, and I, 
you know, he was he was on himself a nice winning streak. You know, Kyle was on a six-fight winning streak. He lost his last fight to Lachinov, and Lachinov is a damn animal, so that was tough. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, Lachinov is not a good fighter, but I hate to say it. It's like he's running into another version of Lachinov now. He's about to run into a, another, like, Eastern European, tough, you know, you know, like basically cheese grater type of fighter. So, you know, I, I, again, I see, um, I see a one, one-sided fight here. And again, at minus 195, I guess Vegas sees it that way too. I, I think Chuck Kelly comes in here. He dominates the fight. Maybe he doesn't finish Crutchmer because Crutchmer's a tough dude. He's very durable, but probably gets, you know, at least three rounds. I shouldn't say at least, but I can see him winning all three rounds. I can see him dominating for all three rounds, grinding it out. You're looking in there like, is that Khabib Jr. type of thing? He's grinding out, you know, Crutchmer keeper on the ground. So we're on Chikeli here, minus 195. I don't see a plus 160 dog there, Crutchmer being anything that I would be interested in because, again, I just don't I don't see it. I see three rounds where he's on his feet at times trying to strike, but he's slow at striking. Chikeli sets him up, takes him down. All right, that's the end of the prelims. Let's move on here to the main card. The main card is going to start off here with the first fight being between – Oh, excuse me one second. It's going to be between, um, oh, where is my list here? Sorry, Demarcus Jackson and Mark Leminger. Okay, so Demarcus Jackson, let me tell you, I went back and forth on this, and at one point I was on Jackson. All right, he's 11-5. and five. I thought, okay, you know, he's got some decent experience. He can come in here. You know, I didn't like what I saw from Leminger, okay? I uh, did not like what I saw from Leminger's last few fights, and, uh, you know, specifically – you just didn't like what I saw. I saw a slow fighter. I saw a fighter who's, you know, you know, getting pieced up too much, taking too many punches. You know, it's like he doesn't know when to get on the ground. Showed some low fighter IQ at times. You know, in his last fight that he lost, I mean, he had a chance to win that fight. He won the second round. Like, he won the entire second round. But he opted to stand his feet in the third round against Willis, and he loses the fight because of that. You know, round one went to Jaleel. But second round of that Jaleel Willis fight, he won the round. He took him down. He had, you know, had control. That was his path to victory. Don't know why Mark didn't do that in third round. Didn't even try. So real big questions there about his fighter IQ. But when you flip over to Jackson, it's like you're not getting much from him either. Um, the dude has lost three of his last four fights. Like, I'm sorry. You're losing three of your last four fights, and you're fighting guys like Hugh Pulley and Harvey Park and Gratcham, Bozina, I mean, I can't even say some, I don't even know who these people are, some of these people. Actually, last fight versus Bozignan, is, he's, a, he's a good fighter, so let me just put that out there. But the point is, he has lost three of his last four fights. Um, that, to me, is just, you know, that's, that's a glaring issue. When you look at him, he physically looks like a good athlete, you know, so that's a little bit like, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of messes with you. When you first look at him and his physique, and I even, you know, watching watching his last fight, like, he looks good. Like, he's physically, he's built, he's strong, but he gets slow really quick. Like, he loses energy really fast, and then he's sloppy. His punches become slow. He's everything you can see what he's going to do. And I think coming in here against Leminger, I'm hoping, here's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping Leminger has tidied up his IQ a little bit. Has a, has a nice, simple pace in the first round. If he takes it to the second round and into the third round, he should have a cardio advantage over DeMarcus that should be significant. Should be able to take him to the ground. Should be able to dominate ground position. I see a decision win here for Leminger, who's a slight favorite at minus 130. 
Let's move on here to uh, the next. I'm sorry. This is the yeah first women's event of the night, which is going to feature the old lady, man. She got old so fast here. Oh, my gosh. I remember when she was fighting just a few years ago. It seemed like she was much younger. Vanessa Porto versus Lara Joan. So Vanessa Porto, if you know anything about her, she's a real like she's a brick house. She comes in there. She's built like a cyborg, you know, like Chris Cyborg. She's really, really strong, well-built, tough fighter. Doesn't always have the greatest technique. You know, she'll muscle some things here and there. But she's just a um, strong, strong fighter. 37 years old. She's fighting a 27-year-old, Joanne. But, man, Joanne hasn't fought anybody. And uh, she's 3-2 and two in her last five fights. And she hasn't fought anybody. I want to emphasize that. So, hasn't fought anybody and you're 9-5. and five. You know, like that's a, that's again, that's the issue. Like I, I talked about this earlier. If you are looking at a brand new fighter and you see the fighters like three and one, two and one or four and two, that's not usually how it starts for fighters that end up being successful. Now, there are some exceptions to the rule, of course, but usually the fighters that end up having a significant career or end up having some kind of, I don't know, longevity, they're not starting off like two and three and three and two and nine and five, for example, like John. So. You know, it's not like Porter's going in there against a young, up-and-coming good fighter, all right? So I think Porta, Porto, I'm sorry, at the minus 485, which is bananas, I'm not betting that at all, but she's minus 45. It's maybe a little too high, but still very justified. Joanne has no chance to win this fight. She's going to get out-muscled by Porto. Porto's going to probably finish the fight with some kind of submission of some kind. So minus 45, I think Porto, 37-year-old, gets a nice win here. Well, I say nice win, I don't know how great of a win it is she's fought much better competition in her past so you know for juan i guess it's a chance to get out there get on tv get a look but she's going to get starts she's not she has no chance to win the fight so we're on porto not going to parlay it at minus 45 don't see any value here in the dog at plus 350 so let's move on here to the next fight on the card aaron pico versus aiden lee this fight took me some time had to really look back and forth as to where i wanted to go on this and eventually I went ahead and decided I'm going to do a dog or pass on this fight, okay? And the reason why, I think Pico's all that and then some. Don't get me wrong. All that and then some, right? Um, legit, 24-year-old, coming in here 7-3. and three. Losses were kind of early on. Looking at his last few fights, I mean, the dude is, he's a rough house. You know, he's aggressive. Um, just has all the things you're looking for, a young fighter. Good striking, good ground game. I thought the ground game was especially impressive. Like, his takedown ground game against... De Jesus in his last fight, which was, you know, not too long ago in November, he he did a great job, you know, taking him down early, just dominating positions. So I like what I saw from him in that fight, you know, but he is young, 24 years old, right? Now, Lee, okay, so Lee's plus 333 on this, okay? He's a plus 333 dog, and that's where I just couldn't help to look at this a few times and say to myself, even if I think Pico's going to win, and he probably will win, so I'm going to say it, you know, he's probably going to win the fight, all right? But you got to look at that plus 333 and think to yourself, Aiden Lee is not a bad fighter. He's by no means a bad fighter. I um, think he has a bright future. I've heard some people say, like, even if he were to lose this fight, you know, he's got a bright future. You know, he's he's heading somewhere. I watched his, some of his fights. He, he's a pretty good fighter. I, I, don't, I don't see why this wouldn't be I – shouldn't, I shouldn't say pick him. But this fight should be much, much, much closer. I think for that reason alone – this is the dogger pass um, on the entire card of all the fights we have. This is the single one where I pointed out and said, here's a dogger pass. So 
I'm going to be betting on Lee. Now, I will probably just place a half unit on Lee. That's it. Will not parlay him for any reason. Um, but I'm not going to bet Pico, and I'm not even going to parlay Pico because at minus 45 again, you know, you just don't get a lot of value. Then if, you're, if your parlay falls apart because he loses, you're just looking at yourself like, what was I doing? It's minus 45. You don't get a lot of value there. So I want to see the fight. I'm, I'm looking for a good fight. I think Lee can make some people get surprised. I think he can pick up the win. I think Pico's – I think they're both good. 24 and 26-year-old, clearly they're lining them up to see who's the better guy right now and to see what you know what's going to happen from here. So, But I'm on Lee as a, as a dog here, plus 333. All right, let's move on to the co-main event of the night. The co-main event is going to feature Paul Daly, another senior citizen here, versus Jason Jackson. And um, I'm just joking. Daly's got had a good career, 38 years old. You know, he's been around, fought a lot of fights, man. Look at Daly's record. He's 43-17-2. Like, yes, I just said he fought 60 fights. <laughs> like, 43-17-2. He's fought 62 fights exactly. Um, that's amazing. Big accomplishment. And I'll tell you what, he's fighting a younger fighter here, Jason Jackson, who's 30. So he's not a baby by any means, but uh, he's a little younger. I looked at this fight close and I went back and forth. And I, at one point I was thinking, Daly, you know what? He's 38, you know, he's slowing down a little bit and younger fighter. But I remember watching Jackson's last fight. And even though I went back and rewatched it, I really remember watching that fight and that was weird. That was weird. If, if you saw his last fight there against Gracie, which was just in April, not too long ago, he did some things that were questionable in terms of fighter IQ, decision-making, kind of faked an eye situation at one point. It was weird. He scratched his eye on the cage, made some bad choices at times in the fight, and Gracie was not good. Okay, so Gracie, even though he comes from the Gracie family or whatever else, he was very underwhelming. He was grabbing and holding for most of the fight didn't have a really good stand-up game so you know Jackson gets the win it's a decision win but it wasn't really a quality win and I looked at Jackson at times it felt like there was some cardio issues definitely some some you know just mental breaks where he just wasn't making good decisions you know at one point in the first round because his eye was bothering him because he scratched his face on the cage he just gives up position lays on his stomach lets Gracie get on his back it very well could have cost him the fight because Gracie ends up flattening him out. And then Gracie just showing you how bad he is at what he does. He can't submit someone who's flat on their stomach with his hooks in. So, yeah, any any good Gracie family member would have finished that fight. You know, Jackson had basically just given up. So he ends up getting a decision when he deserved the win. He, he did beat Gracie, but it wasn't that impressive. Whereas Daly, you know, <laughs> Daly's a monster. You know, he's, he's coming in here having fought, obviously, a lot of fights. But the guy still has power, okay? He still has power. In his last fight versus Hamasi, he was all but finished in the first round. Okay, if you go back and look at that fight, Daly was all but finished. I mean, he had gotten knocked down. He was trying to block punches on his back. He was basically surviving. I thought at any, any moment they were going to call TKO. He gets all the way to the point of getting back on his feet and actually starts making aggressive moves, actually gets a takedown, completely recovers, doesn't have a cardio issue, doesn't have any injury issues he's on point he's back at it and i'm like man for this guy at 38 years old to be still just showing such good fighter decisions for high fighter iq it, it makes sense right he's been 62 fights right he's been there he's done that so i'm on daily plus 175 here this is the um just to be make sure i'm clear 
This is the third underdog in the card that we like a lot. We like King and we like Gonzalez. And then the third underdog that we like a lot is Daly. Plus 175. I'm not surprised at all if Daly just knocks out Jackson or hurts Jackson and then, you know, TKO finishes him. I didn't see a lot of things that I loved about Jackson's last, his last fight. I have some questions there about his ability. Daly's an old-timer. I think at 38 years old, he gets the win here, plus 175 co-main event. Uh, so let's see what happens. All right, let's move on here to the last fight on the card. Or I'm sorry, the last fight. Yeah, the last fight on the card, I'm sorry. It's the main event. That's Douglas Lima versus Armosov. All right, so Armosov, if you've watched any film on this guy, he is an animal. <laughs> okay, he's going to press you, walk you down, clean punch you, but then grab you grapple you, grind you, Khabib you. Um, he's going to do all those things. He is 25-0. and 0. Dude's coming in here on a massive winning streak. Of course, there's some wins in there against whatever, just complete bum competition. But no question, the guy, if you look at his last few fights, if you look what he did there to Leminger in 2020, you know, he just, he grinded Leminger up, okay? You know, he's he's a good fighter. He's, he's levels above guys like Leminger. Lima, Lima's 32 and eight, you know, not a, not a terrible career. Um, only a slight underdog here at plus 130, which was interesting to me. 33 years old. What really turned me off was looking at the Musasi fight. Okay, so Lima fought Musasi in October of 2020. So that's about eight, eight months ago, seven, eight months ago. And Musasi, good fighter. Nothing I can say about Musasi. Musasi's a good fighter, 35 years old, just a grinder. But man, you know, he really made Lima look bad. He had he had Lima every way he wanted to have Lima. Um, he 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 just dominated him, and Lima I think at that point showed you you know he's just not at that level. He's going to be a decent fighter. He'll fight. He could be maybe a gatekeeper or whatever else, but he's not ready to fight the top level. And maybe he never will be. Okay, and so here was a guy like Musasi. You know Musasi again. I'm not I'm not making fun of Musasi, but 35 like he's definitely coming towards the end of his career, and that's okay. But he just, like, he made Lima look silly. You know, he grappled the heck out of him, took him down however he wanted to. And I remember the announcer saying at the beginning of that fight, oh, Lima's got good takedown defense. That lasted for, like, 10 seconds, okay? And then Musasi just grinded the heck out of him. So, Amosov um, has two choices here. He can come in here and just decide to get on his feet and bang with Lima. And Lima's going to be on his back, backing up, backing up, backing up, and just taking a few more punches than he should. That's one method. The second method, I'm also could just tackle him to the ground and grind the heck out of him and probably earn a TKO within the first two rounds of the fight. So it's a main event, so it's it's a five-round fight, but I don't think there's any way that Lima can survive five rounds with that Ukrainian animal in there, Amosov. Okay, so if you've been paying any attention recently to MMA, that Eastern block all the way down to like Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, all that stuff there, that's a hotbed for wrestling in terms of way back in the day. Olympic, you know, Roman Greco, whatever, freestyle wrestling, Olympic wrestling. You know, you want to see some of the best that ever did it. They come out of, some of them come out of that part of the world. Now, I'm not saying there's not good South American wrestlers or North American wrestlers. I'm just saying when it comes to the sport of wrestling, you know, like and, and fighting, you know, the Eastern Bloc, the Kazakhs, the Georgians, the Russians, like, they're tough. It's inbred in them. It's just part of their DNA. And so you see these like Ukrainian guys like Amosov and the Georgian fighters that are coming out, which, of course, I, you know, earlier in the, early in the card, I gave a big shout out to Chukeli. 
these guys are just that's just that's just part of their thing like brazilian fighters right <laughs> every single card whether it's bellator pfl or ufc you're going to see like four or five brazilian fighters on the card heck on this card you got porto versus joan they're both brazilian fighters the only two girls on this card are both brazilian so anyway my point is amosov is just simply i think he's a he is a flying star right now this guy is he's legit he's going to put it on lima not let lima walk out of there with a decision. I think he's going to end it within within the uh, five rounds. So that's your full card breakdown. Just a recap here of of what we like and what you know what we really want to point our fingers to in terms of the cards or the fights that we like the most. The one I like the most in terms of in terms of to win is I like Amosov to win. I like Porto to win. I like Chokeli to win. And I like Polizzi to win. All right. In terms of all the winners and losers we have, in terms of our choices or our picks, we've got Amosov winning, Daly winning. We've got Lee upsetting Pico. We've got Porto over Joan, Leminger over Jackson, Chokelli over Crutchmer, Gonzalez over Claxton, King over Newell, Brennan over Sabiki, Bell over Marina, and Polizzi over Trujillo. So, that's our full picks in terms of the uh, dogs real quick, the dogs that we like the most. There's only three dogs that we really like here a lot. That's Daly beating Jackson on the main card. And in the prelims, we like Gonzalez beating Claxton and King beating Noel. If you're going to parlay something, like I said, the ones we really, really like that we're really confident about that we would put into a parlay would be Amosov at minus 150, Chokeli at minus 195, and, um, and Palizzi at minus 290 yeah everything else here who knows you know i want to say bell over marina but those women's fights you just never you're never sure i'm sorry i did say earlier there was only one women's bout on this um on this card that is not true there are two women's bouts on this card there's 11 total bouts here all right so one more tidbit here before we wrap it up i decided to do a little research here on bellator and for the casual fan if you don't know or if you don't know bellator has a meaning Okay, it actually means warrior in Latin. I looked it up. I didn't know it until I looked it up today. I couldn't believe I didn't know that. But being that I'm Puerto Rican, I should have maybe had some kind of knowledge of it. But yes, the word Bellator means warrior in Latin. Bellator was founded in 2008, and it was founded out of Santa Monica, California. Initially, it was owned and operated by individual kind of company, but it was actually bought out by Viacom CBS, and it's still owned by Viacom CBS. So a little tidbit there about Bellator. Enjoy the event this weekend. Enjoy the card. This week is jam-packed because you got PFL on Thursday as like a warm-up. Then you got Bellator on Friday, another get it warmed up. And then on Saturday, the SHT, I'm sorry, SHIT hits the fan where you have two belts in a line at UFC on Saturday night. So it's going to be jam-packed the next few days. Um, we already released our video for, PF, for PFL number four on Thursday. So if you haven't seen it, try to check it out. If you like this video, click the like button, subscribe so you can get some more of our footage. Everything we do is free, giving free content. And there'll be one more video coming out this week before UFC's event, which will be the UFC prediction show. So keep yourself tuned. Best of luck. If you're betting on MLB, if you're betting on basketball this week, best of luck to you there too. And we'll see you guys soon. Peace.